Welcome to Christ, Culture, and Cinema with the doctor, Jeffrey Skopak, and his trusted assistant, Michael Pop, as they explore the intersection of faith, movies, and our contemporary context. Welcome back to Christ, Culture, and Cinema. How are you doing today, Michael? Blessed, happy, things are going well. Tournament time. Yeah, well, you know what? It's also autumn in the mountains. The leaves <laughs> are changing. Are you the wearing a jacket? Oh, the temperature is dropping. Yeah, I played golf yesterday. Long pants, jacket, cold, nippy. I've yeah, been getting a little little chilly here in the mornings in the 50s, so I can only imagine what it is up there. Yeah, 40 degrees in the morning, waking oh, up to 40 degrees. It was uh it was crisp. The word is crisp. Crisp. That's a nice word for it. It is such a nice word. It makes you kind of long for the the warm days near the ocean, which kind of brings us to our movie today. Oh, uh, you like that? Kind of slid that in there. Yeah, today we're going to be considering a Disney animated movie, Luca. Luca was released on June 13th, 2021, and I love where they released it, at the Aquarium of Genoa in Italy. What a what a great setting to release a movie about a an Italian seaport town, villagers, sea monsters, all of it. Uh, the movie, uh, there's really, uh, it's hard to find how much it costs to make this. Uh, however, putting some things together, I've learned that the movie costs somewhere in the neighborhood of $150 million. But that seems to be the going price tag for Pixar, for Disney animation features these days. Uh, the box office, and again, this is a weird movie because you're in the the time frame of coming out of COVID, uh, was released directly to streaming service, uh, Disney Plus, but in those places where streaming services were not available, it was shown in select theaters where it still was able to pull down $49.8 million. That's, that's significant money when you consider only a handful of theaters showed the movie. And I did want to mention that it was the most viewed streaming movie of 2021. That's pretty big when you're considering pandemic. And what their measurement was is 10.6 billion billion with a b minutes watched yeah it it certainly is more difficult to compare these movies anymore um but now this is summer 2021 all right yeah. people are back to work people are back to the theater people are back to normal it's not not like we're i mean summer 2020 i, I watched the whole mcu all 22 movies in order at the time you know we well, were stuck at home i will say this you were back to normal in Florida, oh, but there were other places people were not back to normal. Uh, live in the land of flowing milk and honey, right? Well, as I called it, the free state of Florida. Yeah, exactly. you know, very much so. 
Uh, yeah, no, you, this was not California, New York, Massachusetts, Michigan, Illinois, fill in the blanks. And globally speaking, this wasn't, you know, Florida is not Australia, Canada, fill in the blanks. Um, yeah, so I, I'm, I'm impressed that it was the most viewed uh, streaming movie of 2021. Now, the director, this is his directorial debut for a full-length feature, Enrico Casarosa, and I love that. He, uh, he was really known for Pixar shorts, and one of my favorites has one of the characters, Massimo uh, Marcavaldo is one of the main characters in La Luna. What a great Pixar short. If you haven't seen it, folks, go check out La Luna. And maybe my favorite Pixar short of all time, Piper. Ah, that's what I was going to guess. I remember you showed that to our staff. I did. Piper. I love Piper. I think it's brilliant, brilliant uh, Pixar short. Uh, Really what, what Enrico is known for is he's an artist. Uh, and he's been a Pixar artist on just about every major Pixar movie that has come down the tracks over the years. So uh, keep that in mind. This is a very special, talented guy where Disney Pixar Studios finally said, cast your vision, make your movie. We're behind you. Right. Uh, yeah, great movie. Now, the movie itself, um, those that voice it, there's only one actor or actress that I really knew uh, as I was going through this kind of known voice. Um, otherwise, these were all more new to the scene. Uh, voicing the main character, Luca uh, Pagoro, is Jacob Tremblay. And he's done a lot of voice stuff for a child actor. Uh, the Toxic Avenger, uh, the Harley Quinn animated series. Um, but however, he was in the uh, the Little Mermaid, the um, the live action one that came out just this past year, uh, My Father's Dragon, and then of course, Ciao Alberto, a great well, Italian one. When you have the voice, it makes it harder to recognize who. But but his character in Wonder, of course, he played a little boy that was incredible. Yeah, um, well, for sure. The, I don't know if you've ever seen the the movie Room. I I, I read the book. Uh, I haven't watched the whole movie, but such a powerful story. And the fact that he played the little boy in Room, I think that would makes me want to go back and watch that now a little bit. Yeah, yeah, very talented young man. Uh, now playing his friend Alberto Scorfano is Jack Dylan Grazer. And here's the interesting one. He's kind of a step out guy from this uh, into the front of the camera. He was uh, he's one of the main characters in Shazam and Shazam Fury of the Gods. Uh, He's also a voice in Ciao Alberto, uh, Downtown Owl and the movie It. But here's a guy, a, a voice actor who has stepped out in front of the camera. So we don't see that too often. Uh. Next, playing uh, their friend, um, Julia Marcavaldo, is Emma Berman. And this is the movie that we were asked to do. We haven't done it yet, though, is uh, the one that was released to Netflix, Pinocchio. This is not the this is not the one with 
Tom Hanks. This is a different one, uh, Pinocchio. So we have to check that one out. And we do need to do that. We do owe that to our one listener. Uh, she's a voice in Young Jedi Adventures. She's also a voice in Go Go Corey Carson. She does a lot of voice work is what we what we see here from from Emma. Now playing Ercole Visconti, he's kind of the villain in this. Severio Raimondo is the voice actor. Uh, he's in Belly Chow, Amore in Og. Um, a lot of Italian stuff is what I saw. Yeah, they don't even have a profile pic on uh, IMBD. Yeah, I mean, he's very new to all of this. Now playing... Now, here's the, here's the named actress, and she plays the mother to Luca. Uh, uh, Daniela Pegoro is voiced by Maya Rudolph. We know Maya Rudolph, of course, from Saturday Night Live. She's got a serious role in this, and there's nothing serious about her. No, no, no. I mean, she's we know her from places like uh, movies and shows like Big Mouth, Disenchanted, uh, loot. Now, he, this is where she did some voice work. Baymax and Big Hero 6. You know, we did Big Hero 6. That's a great Disney Pixar movie. Um, she's in Hubie Halloween. If you have not seen Hubie Halloween, it's on Netflix. It's, it's a really stupid Adam Sandler movie. It's a lot of fun. I'm telling you now, as you get closer to Halloween, Take, take an hour and a half of your life, waste it, watch Hubie Halloween, you will be entertained, you will laugh. I know two of your favorite movies with her, Grown Ups 1 and 2. Um, of course, we both love The Good Place. She's in The Good Place. And Gosh, then I think, I was going to say, I think the movie where she really scores is Bridesmaids. That's, that's a funny movie. That's really a funny, funny movie. So, Maya Rudolph. Now, playing uh, Julia's father, Massimo Marcovaldo, uh, is voiced by Marco Baricelli. And we know him from, oh, here's a shock, Ciao Alberto. Uh, the Book of Daniel, Manhunt 2, Holy Selena. And then there's a boatload of Italian stuff that I've never heard of. Yeah, he must have uh, gotten bored during the uh, COVID because he had some 2000, well, first 95, 96, 2006, mm -hmm. 2007, and then boom, 2020. Yeah, yeah, for sure. He, he's got some weird uh, moments or he must have, hey, I'll go make a movie or two. Yeah. Now, here's the other actor that is known, uh, plays a lot of different bit roles, uh, playing uh, Luca's father, Lorenzo Pagoro, is Jim Gaffigan. And we... Well, that's right. He's a stand-up comedian. But again, a serious role, which I think is funny in this movie. Uh, all right, so he was in Full Circle, Peter Pan and Wendy, Tesla, I've Got Issues, Troop Zero, American Dreamer. He's in Chappaquiddick. And here's the movie that should never have been made. And I think every copy just needs to be disposed of. The Love Guru. Yeah, <laughs> I have still never seen it. Oh, you don't want to see it. This is where Jimmy Fallon, I honestly believe, had his come to Jesus moment where he realized, I can't act. I, I need to go interview people who can act. It's terrible. It is awful. It is so bad. 
Oh, it's so bad. Yeah. So Jim Gaffigan. Now playing Chico is Peter Sone. And we know Peter Sone. He's a great voice actor in the stable of Pixar. We know him from The Incredibles, The Good Dinosaur, Mass, uh, Monsters University, Ratatouille. He was in Lightyear, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. I mean, this is a guy who's really made an entire career voicing animated movies. Yeah, Brave. Yeah, I mean, the list just goes on. Osmosis Jones. Yeah, you could. It, he's he's uh, he must just hang out there and say, you know, Coco, hey, yeah. what do you need me to do today? Up, Wally. Wow. You know, it's funny. My daughter uh, just showed you mentioned Coco and we've done Coco. What a great movie that one is. Um, she just showed that to her uh, second grade class. You know, she teaches down in southern Arizona, has a lot of Mexican-American students in a room. They love Coco. Uh so they earned a treat, so they got to see the movie one afternoon. Did you see he was a writer on Elemental? Really? It worked out too well for him. I didn't see that. Look at that. Now, playing his counterpart, Guido, is Lorenzo uh, Crisici. And I only thing I had for him is Grotto. After that, nothing. Yeah, 2015. You know, it's like, well, I don't know what he does. When you don't have a picture, a profile picture on IMDb, you, you really don't rank. Sorry. This is true. This is true. Now, here's one that's been in a few things. Uh, Signorora Marsigalisi is uh, voiced by Marina Massaroni. Letters to Juliet. That was a fairly big movie. Uh, that's Life and The Swing Girls. Uh, I don't know how she ended up in this, but this is definitely not in the venue of the movie she has previously be been in. Uh, voicing Tommaso is Gino LaMonica. And I thought I knew him from somewhere. Uh, but I realized I really didn't. When I looked at it, he's been in The Possessed, Voyage in Time. And then here's where he's made all of his money, which is crazy. He is a voice specialist in dubbing English movies into Italian. Well, there's a, Somebody do it. There's a career for you. You know, Definitely. now playing Grandma Pagoro is Sandy Martin. And OK, this is a true grandma. Where do we know her from? Because we all know her from somewhere. The answer, Napoleon Dynamite. That's right. She's the grandma in Napoleon Dynamite. That's awesome. She's also in Ray Donovan. I know your sons enjoy. It's always sunny in Philadelphia. Oh, yeah. And. She's in the uh, live action version, which I've not seen, of Dumbo. Oh, so yeah, I haven't seen it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then the last one I have here is Giacoma, voiced by Giacoma Gianetti. And we know uh, Giacoma uh, Gianetti from Grey's Anatomy, uh, the Murdoch Mysteries, uh, done a lot of television, uh, which kind of surprised me. You missed one. Who'd I one. miss? Who'd I miss? Sasha Baron Cohen, Uncle uh, Ugo. Oh, Sasha. crazy Uncle Ugo. Sasha, you know he's he's brought. He's he's big time. You know he was in Les Mis, Bruno. You know he uh, he made a living there just for a while in his funky lime green, scary looking swimsuit that uh, made the billboards everywhere. Where Sasha was kind of scary, but he was he was an anchor man. Eastbound, yeah. down, Madagascar. You know, he's 
Sasha's big time too. He had a small part though. Yeah, again, these were little bit parts, and I and I really do believe because the the entire production of this movie happened, you know, uh, just before and during COVID. Uh, so a lot of this was done remotely. So I, it's very interesting to see how this movie came together. But I, I will say this as we start talking about the movie itself. This is a brilliant movie. Uh, this movie deserved big screen time. Uh, I think this is a beautiful story. It's well told. The characters have depth. The characters uh, all have a story to be shared. Uh, there's beautiful resolve at the end of the storytelling. This is a special movie. I, I really do believe this is not unlike Coco, uh, kind of falls in that vein. It's uh, it, it certainly did not get the attention it deserved. And you know what? The Academy paid attention. This movie was nominated for Best Animated Feature Film at the Golden Globes, as well as at the Academy Awards. It has spun off the other short, Ciao Alberto. Uh, these characters are really, really good. So if you haven't seen Luca, go see Luca. Get Disney Plus and watch it. I, you will you will be entertained. Uh, you will have a wonderful story told to you. It will make you think. Now, having said that, let's talk about the story. You know, the movie is taking place right around 1959, um, you know, in a little Italian town of uh, Porto Rosso. And you have this weird thing going on. You have on one hand, uh, Luca uh, Pagoro, who's a sea monster. He lives in the ocean. And uh, he's out there, and I, lo I love his job, you know, as he's out there uh, 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 doing his, his work for his family. He's, he's herding sea goats, you know. <laughs> it's like, what is up with that? And, and along the way, he meets Alberto. Now, Alberto is another sea monster who lives all alone uh, because we discover in his story, he's basically an abandoned kid. Is, is what Alberto is. Meanwhile, Luca is, he, he feels overprotected by his parents. His parents are kind of smothering and suffocating. Um, and, and he's trying to break free of, as, as he thinks, kind of their totalitarian rule over his life. Uh, he, he wants freedom. He wants to get free of all of this. Um, so he spends way too much he spends way too much time with Alberto is what starts happening. Did, did did we ever find out what age he really is? I mean, he takes care of the of the flock, you know. Yeah. He, he's the son, he lives at home. Are we are we talking 12, 16, 20? I mean, we really because of him being a sea creature, we we really don't know how old of a kid we're talking about, do we? Yeah, I I would say, you know, the way I view this is I think all the children in this movie are right around that middle school, you know, 13, 14 years of age, coming coming of age, growing up. And, and the tip-off is, is at the end of the movie, when they start uh, moving off to go to school, when uh, Julia goes to school at the end of the movie, goes away, I, I really I, I attribute that to, like, going away to high school. That That's what it feels like, doesn't it? I, that's where I struggle with Luca 
taken off, leaving his parents. Yeah. You know, I understand. Yeah. I mean, we've got junior high kids here who feel like, oh, they should have more responsibility, and we know them. They don't. Right. They can't handle right. it. Right. So, yeah, but again, so. and that's Luke, and that's Lucas' parents, right? They don't want him. They don't think he has that. Um, right. That he he's not ready for that in life. But Luca thinks he is. So, as the story goes, you know, they uh, he he runs away, and now he's staying with his buddy Alberto, and they they're venturing into the town. What we discover is that when the sea monsters are dry, they look like people. They look just like everyday ordinary people. Unless they get wet. If they get wet, then all of a sudden their sea monster exterior starts to show itself. It is It is one of the issues Disney had with this where they make a big deal about having to dry themselves off so they look human again. But then they have the scene where they're jumping in and out of the water, turning human or yeah. not. You know what I mean? So they, it's a little selective in how they choose to use it. That was one of the knocks against it. Right, for sure. Now, uh, along the, you know, as they venture into town, one of the people that they meet is Julia. And Luca, Luca is smitten with Julia. Julia is a very free spirited, very loved character. Um, she has a father, Massimo, who is a fisherman who has a grudge against the sea monsters, which we never really know what the full grudge is. But my suspicion is it's because they're cutting his nets. And he's not able to catch all the fish he wants to catch because some of their own kin, other sea monsters, are getting caught up in it. Um, and we discovered that Julia really is a, you know, her mother has died. Uh, dad is raising her, but she's genuinely and wonderfully loved by this father. She's got a great story. Um, you know, So right now you got three different stories going on. You got Luca whose parents he feels like are suffocating him. You have Alberto, who's been abandoned by his parents. And then you have Julia, who's growing up in a single-parent home, but is well-adjusted and well-loved. So you have these parallel stories kind of going on, uh, which I really like. Now, they're, uh, the boys uh, have a, a, a nemesis, because it's a Disney movie, and that's uh, Ercole, uh, Visconti, and he's kind of the bully who's who's trying to uh, he he bullies them. Uh, he's he's trying to get the upper hand, and uh, you know he's he's the villain in the movie, and he's got his own story as well, doesn't he? You know, yeah. each one sort of has their own story, and it all leads to this triathlon event in the town. And I love the three activities: swimming, eating pasta. And bicycle riding. Yeah, I like that pasta instead of running. I thought it was a great decision. Yeah. Uh, but we got to get to why they want to win and get the money. Because if you win the money and you win the prize, then Alberto can buy the Vespa. Vespa. He, the Vespa is the symbol of, uh -huh. you know, what Al, what Alberto wants. Yeah, I, uh, I thought it was cute the way at the beginning they were going to build their own. And they kept going down the hill and it was falling apart and stuff. Mm -hmm. and it was a it was an interesting start. Now, knowing what the movie went to, first time I watched it, it took a long time to get to the part that really mattered. You know, that was all cute and it showed them building up. But I think that time could have been better spent fleshing out the end because it felt rushed. Well, yeah, it did. And again, I think part of that is because they were in such disarray during COVID, you know, in, in putting movies together. I really do. 
again, though, I, I come back. This movie has such beauty to it because as we learn each each person's story in the movie, you know, uh, Massimo, who has a thing with against sea monsters, but loves his daughter. Julia, growing up without a mother. Luca, who feels his parents are suffocating him. Alberto, who really is abandoned and sees in, sees in the Vespa a symbol of success, you know, mm-hmm. uh, kind of thing. Ercole, who is the, the bully, and, you know, we know he's got his baggage. The movie does a great job in kind of telling each person's story and how these interact with each other, which is such a, is such an, a today thing. How little do we really know about each other's stories? How little do you know what's going on behind the curtain, beyond the, the door of someone else? I mean, we live in, in, in a soundbite society now. We live in these little social media snippets where we don't really get to know each other's stories. We don't really get involved deeply in each other's lives. And, and that's such a, a Christian principle of community. You know, community, so yeah, you, you go to church. You know, I said this on Sunday. You go to church, worship online. That's great. You know, and I hear this. Oh, I sit there. I like sitting there watching it in my living room in my pajamas with my coffee. Yeah, that's great. Stick it. The reason I'm going <laughs> to say stick it is because you're you're missing. You're absolutely missing. Like in this movie, the scene at the table in Massimo's house. There's Alberto, there's Luca, there's, you know, there's Julia. And they're involved in each other's stories. The father wants to know more about them. That's community. That's what this movie does. It fleshes this out. You learn their stories. Stories. We we just finished the third commandment in catechism on Sunday. And of course, the last question, why should we worship together in church? You know, and it's, I mean, yeah. Of course, it has to bring important sacrament because it's it's doctrinal, but it's commu- it's what you get, how you help each other, how you can have that accountability, which I think is just so important. And, and isn't that the beauty in this movie where there's this sense of this growing community, you know, and I love as the movie kind of comes to this crescendo, you know, the, the bike race. Uh, the boys are revealed because they get wet and all of a sudden they're sea monsters and everybody is gasping. Oh, there's sea monsters in the village. And all of a sudden, half of the village reveals the fact that they're sea monsters living amongst the Italian villagers in the little town. I, I love that scene because they've never taken the time to get to know each other's stories. Right. You know, and, and honestly, we need to do more of that. We need to understand each other's stories. And there is so little of it. There's so much rush to judgment these days. So much rush to, I don't even want to deal with you, talk to you, listen to you. I I just abandon you and kick you to the curb. Um, You know, if you don't fit my narrow little box, then I have nothing to do with you and get out. I mean, that's... uh, That's true. You know, you know, Jesus talks about, you know, you go to a town and if they don't receive the message you have that you have to share, then, you know, leave that town and shake the dust from your shoes kind of thing. That's unfortunately, that's how we tend to live these days. We, we don't invest in each other. We don't invest in the deeper learning. I mean, just think now Massimo in this movie had something against the sea monsters. 
And yet at the end, here he is adopting Alberto, a sea monster, because as he learns the story of Alberto and learns the story of the sea monsters, he realizes they need to be loved and cared for. And as his daughter Julia goes off to school, he's now got an empty home and Alberto is brought into that home and he's going to love Alberto. He's going to care for Alberto. Um, just imagine, if you will, if people took the time like that to learn the stories, how much more caring the world would possibly be. Oh, absolutely. To, to me, that's such a beautiful, beautiful element of this movie. Um, how about even, for example, um, you know, Luca's parents, uh, you know, Lorenzo and Daniela, as they realize their son can be trusted that he's there's more to Luca than they realize that they give him a little more freedom that they how often do parents not listen to their kids you know they really aren't listening right. you know i i heard a story recently it's a true story of one of our uh children here in our um uh, one of our families here at the church uh, they had a son and they knew something wasn't right and the doctors couldn't find what it was, but the parents were persistent. They just kept after it and after it, um, you know, and they had to because they had to keep listening. They knew their son better than the doctors knew their son. You know, in the end, as the son was dying, you know, older boy, he said to his parents, very tender, he says, you know, when I die, this is a little kid says, when I die, you need to have another child, and I hope it's a girl. Wow. And guess what? The parents had another child, and it's a little girl. Uh, and it's like the the gift of the of the brother, you know, that they would have never had this other child if it weren't for the son saying, you need to do this. Uh, awesome. They listened. They listened to the story. They There was this gift to be given. And I think that really is the the beauty of Luca. It's listen to the stories, take the time. You're right. Not all of them are fleshed out as much as you'd want. Uh, but again, it's an animated movie, limited attention span of the audience. Uh, follow the lines of the story of Luca, of Alberto, of Julia. I would contend Massimo is an important story in this. I, I really do believe it's a very important story. It's beautifully done, beautifully crafted, and it really tells us about the, the, the essential need of community and knowing each other well. Uh, that's how we thrive and grow together. Uh, beautiful movie. Your thoughts, Michael? Yeah, I, I have to tell you, we've seen, obviously, a lot of variations of people having to pretend to be something they're not or fear of letting themselves be known or, or the desire to be amongst another group. Um, but you're right about this one being different as far as um, showing the value of why it's so important, how somebody stepping in and helping somebody out can create bonds. Yeah. Um, we are, a, we are a society quick to judge. There's well, no question. I we all do it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, we, you know, uh, seeing the life change moving from where we were to where we are and to have a community embrace, thoroughly embrace and want to get to know us, um, 
you know, I, I've said my wife, I've not seen her this happy since we were in New Jersey. And quite honestly, myself, uh, you know, you, you, you kind of, you live in isolation and what, not that you want to, some people do, I did not. And all of a sudden when you're thrust into a place that wants to receive you into the community, how different your life is. And, and, and that's what this movie does. This movie shows you, and, and really this is what the church ought to be. I will come back to this. This is what the church ought to be. This type of all-embracing community that takes the time to listen to each other's stories without judgment, reserving judgment, and instead listening to the stories and receiving people right where they are. That's what Jesus does. That's what we're supposed to do. That's what Luca demonstrates to us. A beautiful story, a, a truly beautiful story. Now, it is. Having said that, uh, our question of the day, where have you experienced this kind of community where those want to hear your story, want to be a part of your story, and how is it a blessing to you? Now, for some, maybe the question ought to be, where will you find such community because you need it and you don't have it at the moment? Where will you go and find a community that will listen to you, bless you, and embrace you? I, I think those are kind of two questions we all need to ask because we all need community. And if anything, COVID taught us, we need it. <laughs> That's for sure. How important it is. Yeah. Yeah. Now, if you're enjoying our little podcast, consider leaving a rating, a review, um, share it, share it, share it with other people. That's how they find us. And of course, don't forget the book, Christ, Culture and Cinema, How Faith and Film Intersects. You can find that on Amazon. Now, next time, Michael, I'm going to apologize in advance because I know this movie is going to make your head hurt. It's going to make your head hurt. But this was the most celebrated movie of the year 2022. It took everything at the Academy Awards. I had the opportunity to watch it on my flight back from South Africa. I'm going to watch it again. Uh, don't know if I'm going to make my wife watch it with me. It is a mind-bending movie. It is... It's transcendent. There's the key word. It's transcendent. You're building. All right. Oh, hey, I don't have to. The Academy, you know, already did so by by lobbing all sorts of Oscars on the thing. So next time we're going to go to everywhere. I mean, everything, everywhere, all at once. Until next time, we'll see you at the movies. Thank you for joining us for Christ, Culture, and Cinema with the doctor, Jeffrey Skopak, and his assistant, Michael Pop. Until next time, we'll see you at the movies. <laughs>